Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our podcasts are supported by advertising, and I'm really pleased that Quip is advertising with our program because they've got an amazing product. When was the last time you replaced your toothbrush? Do you always brush twice a day for a full two minutes? You know, these are important habits that have a huge impact on your health. And I grew up with so many misunderstandings about brushing my teeth that I, you know, that frankly, I didn't learn about until I got my Quip electric toothbrush. And they're the ones who told me, you only need a little tiny dot of toothpaste, for example. And you don't need to scrub the crap out of your mouth. You just two minutes gently with a toothbrush twice a day. You don't need to do it three times a day. You don't need to get hysterical about it. My OCD had kicked in back when I was a teenager around brushing my teeth. And I think I frankly damaged my gums going nuts with all this electric toothbrushes and stuff. Quip is a really great new electric toothbrush that's gentle and really works. It fixes those problems. It does this with a lightweight and sleek design, simple time vibrations, and guiding pulses to give you a perfect two-minute clean. Bulkier electric brushes have awkward charging stands, modes you don't need. They cost five times as much. And here's the amazing thing. Quip starts at just $25. And you can get brush head refills automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended three-month schedule for only five bucks. And shipping is free. Quip has been featured in GQ, Oprah's O-List, and Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of the year. I agree. Go to getquip.com slash Tom, T-H-O-M, right now and get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Tom. It's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash T-H-O-M. And when you do, you're also supporting our program and our podcast. Thank you. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. There's a lot in the news today. I want to get into why are we allowing a creepy porn president to appoint a creepy alleged rapist to the Supreme Court or wannabe rapist? I mean, would there be, at the very least backlash from the women in the Republican Party. This is an issue of some consequence, I would say. And particularly if you're a woman, I'm wondering your thoughts on this. You know, now that this woman has come forward, Dr. Ford, 
Her name is Christine Blasey Ford, and she is a professor. She has a PhD. She is Dr. Ford. And she says that Brett Kavanaugh and a friend of his, who is alleged to have had a yearbook posting about smacking women around. Anyhow, Brett Kavanaugh and a friend of his, quote, both stumbling drunk, according to her, corralled her in a bedroom or pushed her into a bedroom. These two guys pushed this girl, she was a girl then, this young woman, Christine Blasey Ford, into this bedroom while his friend watched. This is from Emma Brown's piece in the Washington Post. While his friend watched, she said, Kavanaugh pinned her to a bed on her back and groped her over her clothes, grinding his body against hers and clumsily attempting to pull off her one-piece bathing suit and the clothing she wore over it. When she tried to scream, she said Kavanaugh put his hand over her mouth. I thought he might inadvertently kill me, said the 51-year-old research psychologist in Northern California. He was trying to attack me and remove my clothing. She said she was trying to escape when Kavanaugh's friend and classmate, Mark Judge, jumped on top of both of them, sending all three of them tumbling off the bed, and she ran from the room and locked herself in the bathroom. And then when the boys, when the young men left, apparently, you know, laughing and slapping the walls, she escaped feeling, shall we say, violated. What's so bizarre to me is that I got a lot of writing done today, or over this weekend, rather. I would write for a few hours, then I'd take a break and go watch TV for 10 or 15 minutes or take a walk, you know, and through the neighborhood or whatever. But I have to break it up. I wrote for, I think, 10 hours straight yesterday. And... Two or three times I'd turn on the TV and just to see what's going on, see if there's any actual news going on. And at least once I saw a comparison of Brett Kavanaugh with Al Franken, which completely baffles me. I mean, first of all, on the left, really? And secondly, Al Franken is not accused of trying to rape anybody. I mean, the worst accusation against him was that when he was standing next to a woman who was getting her picture taken, he reached around and squeeze the fat on her side in her love handle. I mean, really? Well, somebody said he patted her butt. Okay, that's not rape. I'm sorry. It may be terrible. It may be something worth resigning from the Senate over. That's something that Al Franken had to decide, and he apparently decided it was. He decided to resign. Or, shall we say, some of his colleagues urged him to resign. But I think that's just an absolutely terrible comparison. And Franken, if it is something worth resigning, he did the honorable thing. I think he was an honest man, and I think that, frankly, he shouldn't have resigned. He didn't have a lookout. He didn't have a wingman with him like Brett Kavanaugh is alleged to have had. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't trying to force himself on anybody. I mean, come on. So now we get to the politics of this. This is where it gets really interesting. You've got a couple of Republicans now, Jeff Flake leading the crowd, saying, okay, you've got a credible allegation of attempted rape against a guy who wants to become, who wants to have a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court at the age of, I believe he's 53 or 54, which means, you know, in all probability, he'll be on the Supreme Court 30, maybe 40 years. And he's going to be deciding cases that have to do with the rights of women. I mean, at the top of the list, obviously Roe v. Wade, but they go on down through everything from Title IX to equal rights to what is assault. I mean, there's just this whole long list of things. And so up until this week, 
Doug Jones, Heidi Heitkamp, Joe Manchin, and Joe Donnelly, the kind of blue dog Democrats, you know, yes, we'll take money from corporations, Democrats in the Senate, have been cagey about whether they'll vote for Brett Kavanaugh. Well, I don't know, you know, maybe, you know, they've met with him and, you know, seem inclined to, but, you know, I don't know. Joe Donnelly's from Indiana. It's Mike Pence's state, the state where Mike Pence tried to make it so that when women had miscarriages, they had to report themselves to the police and have a funeral. Joe Manchin's from West Virginia, where Donald Trump has been trying to tell everybody in West Virginia that he's going to bring back coal. West Virginia continues to lose coal jobs because America continues to use less and less coal. I mean, it's just pretty straightforward. Heidi Heidkamp is from North Dakota, you know, a state in the red Midwest. And Doug Jones is from Alabama, a very, very, very red state. And so in every case, you've got states with enormously high percentages of people who watch Fox so-called news, which is leaning on these guys. But now they've got an excuse. Now they've got a reason. Here you've got four Democrats. You know, the whole strategy that Mitch McConnell was following with regard to, to Brett Kavanaugh, the whole strategy was basically, if we can just pick up one Democrat and hang on to the Republicans, we can call it bipartisan. And keep in mind, the Republicans have 51 votes in the Senate. They've already replaced McCain just for this purpose. They got 51 votes in the Senate. But if they lose Murkowski and they lose Collins, they're down to 49 votes. And if all of the Democrats hold the line and Collins and Murkowski vote with them, that makes 51 votes for the Democrats. If all of the Democrats, if Manchin and Heidkamp and Donnelly and Jones will hold the line, and they may even pick up Jeff Flake and Bob Corker, who knows? So now McConnell is faced with this choice. Do you hold this until after the elections? Because that's basically what it's going to take. It's going to take a couple months to bring this woman in and let her testify. Well, actually, there are some indications that McConnell is saying, let's have the testimony tomorrow on Tuesday, and then let's have the vote on Thursday. So he's going to try and, you know, run this through the washing machine really, really, really fast. And the question is, can he pull it off? And if he does pull it off, and it's perceived as railroading, how are the American people going to respond to that? Now we've got a creepy alleged rapist being appointed by a creepy porn president. Even if this happens, I think that a large part of the Republican strategy up to this point has been that if they can put a right-wing judge on the court who all but says, and in fact, frankly, has said in the past, if he has an opportunity to overturn Roe v. Wade, he will do it. I mean, he hasn't said it in literally those words, but he has provided all the rationalizations and justifications for it. I went through it on the program in some detail. And so McConnell's math here is, or was, if we can get this guy on the court, the evangelicals will love us because we're going to blow up abortion. And the right-wing women will stay with us because they do what their husbands tell them to. And everything will be good. 53% of white women voted for Donald Trump in the last election, gave him the election. This is, this is our base. But if that 53% of white women who voted for Trump say, you know, this is a bridge too far. And for that matter, Trump being the creepy porn president, something we'll be discussing with Ken Starr. Is that a bridge too far? How's this going to shake out? I'm thinking that this may be the moment, right? The Democrats can either 
really make this work to their advantage or they can really blow it. And sadly, to a large extent, it's going to depend on what the media does and how they treat this story and how much oxygen they give it. But I want to give it a fair amount of oxygen here because this guy is insanely toxic. Helping you win the water cooler wars, Tom Hartman here with you. So the question is, is there going to be a backlash from women, Republican women, if Mitch McConnell succeeds and pushes this thing, jams this thing, shoves this thing through. We'll see. Here's a quote from Mark Judge. This was the other guy in the room with Kavanaugh, <clears throat> who apparently jumped on the girl and, and Kavanaugh, and they all rolled on the floor, and this is how she escaped. He has a quote from Sir Noel Coward on his yearbook page. Certain women should be struck regularly like gongs. And then uh, apparently a message to, uh, to Brett uh, he says, uh, Bart, they called him Bart, apparently. Bart, have you boffed yet? Um, hmm. Larry in Eugene, Oregon. Hi, Tom. Long-time viewer, first-time caller. Okay. What do you think? Well, I think uh, your, your uh, optimism <laughs> gets, gets way, way over the line sometimes, Tom. Uh, what's practiced in Washington is clearly raw, cynical power politics. And you, and you know better than I do that the money will come in where it's needed. They'll get Democratic votes if they need them. Diane Feinstein wouldn't surprise me. She'd benefit greatly from a Kavanaugh, said personally, I happen to know. Anyway, um, the public pressure means virtually nothing to these people. They get around it so easily. That's what they do for a living. And I think you dramatically underestimate that optimism, the control of all of the levers of power by our elites. I mean, that's just a cold fact, a very depressing fact, but it's there nevertheless. No, we live in an oligarchy. I'll give you that, Larry. Okay. What I'm saying is that there are some things, particularly in this Me Too era, and, and maybe, you know, had this happened six months ago when Me, Me Too was red hot, it would be even more consequential. But it's still damn hot. Uh, there are some things that I think you just can't back away from. Uh, Larry, thank you for the call. I, I, you know, I get what you're saying, and I, I don't disagree that it's all about raw power politics. And, and, but the thing, that the, the thing that you're missing, I think, is that, that Republicans, the thing that the Republicans are most afraid of is more hearings. Because they still are sitting on 90% of Kavanaugh's papers. And about 100,000 documents have been released just to the committee, and the Democrats have access to them. And, in fact, Cory Booker has revealed some of them, uh, mostly the ones that have to do with Kavanaugh's positions on race. The senator from Hawaii did the same thing. But there's a lot more there. Particularly, and we have not yet got to his stuff on torture in the Bush administration and other things. So the Republicans, what they're afraid of is is not that this is going to sink the nomination, but that it's going to open the door to form more discussion because there's a massive cover-up going on here. And this could blow up the cover-up, and that's the thing that we ignore at our own peril. John in Los Angeles, uh, listening on KPFK. Hey, John, your thoughts? Hey, I love you, man. I love all the work that you do. Thank you, John. Uh, this is not a Trump cabinet meeting, so we can just get right into it. Okay, well, let's get right into it. First off, Brett Kavanaugh, he's a bum. I know he's a bum. I mean, if you look at some of the stuff that he has actually judged on racially-wise, he's a bum. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. But what, the only thing I disagree with you on is that 
people don't change. That's not true. No, I'm saying people do change. It's just it's a sufficiently rare thing that that's why the core of all good fiction is that the character changes in the novel. That has to happen for a novel to work. And why is it that that has to be in a novel? Why is it that so much of our mystery fiction starts out with a murder? Because people changing and murder are very, very rare. They happen. Uh, you know, and, and all of us, I'm sure, can point to times in our lives and things in our lives that have changed. I have changed significantly throughout my life, uh, you know, both in my attitudes and my behaviors. And, you know, some of those changes have been incremental. At least one that I know of has been rather dramatic. But that doesn't mean that temperamentally I'm not essentially the same person. No, um, people do change their temperament too, Tom. I mean, look, I'm, okay, maybe not since you and other guy because of how you all grew up. But I grew up where I lost 74 friends and associates from the time I was 13 to the time I was 18. Wow. I, yeah. I grew up where my neighborhood was called Little Beirut, and the neighborhood three blocks away was called Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And this was back then. This was back when uh, the gangs were fighting with the drug cartel. Mm -hmm. There was a murder almost every two days, Tom. But that's, you know, so, that's response to that your local of, environment, John. That's, that, you but, know. But wait a minute. Under that environment, I had adopted an attitude for which I had to be aggressive and a bully at times. Yeah. But when I grew up and I started traveling, I'm no longer that. Right. I'm no longer a Christian either. I'm something else. But every, but it all stems from, I mean, we're talking about this guy who grew up in a preppy town uh, and going to a preppy school. Yeah, he didn't act like that. He grew up an entitled rich, rich white change. kid. I mean, that's... The only know. reason why he doesn't change is because he's Yeah. Okay, I got John. I, I, you know, I have one minute left in this hour, and I've got a bunch of other callers here. I want to get in. I want to get at least one more. Thank you for sh for sharing your opinion, Carolyn in Hearn, Texas. Hey, Carolyn, what's on your mind? Thanks for watching us on Free Speech TV. Hello, Tom. How are you today? Good. What's up? Uh, well, I, actually, I called about Kavanaugh, but I wanted to also make a comment about uh, your your statement that you thought that uh, children that people's uh, personality is set at the age two. No, I'm, I'm not saying personality. I'm saying temperament. And, or, or even you know, temperament. I, you know, I don't believe that's true because I think that if you have the right mentor and you put the person in the right circumstances, they can change. And I oh, I, I, I absolutely agree. And, 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 you know, and a million things get learned. But if, if somebody at the age of 16 is behaving like a bully and forcing himself you know, on, 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 on women or anybody else for that matter, um, then, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me that that tendency, whether it's being acted out in the sexual realm or whether it's just being, you know, I, my sense of Brett Kavanaugh when I was watching the hearings was that he is a kiss up, kick down kind of guy. These are, these are people that you meet in the corporate world frequently. I used to run across these people all the time when I did corporate consulting and when I worked in the advertising business. And they will suck up to you all day long, but when they don't need you, you know, they, 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 you'll be the first one that they step on. 
And, yeah. well, and I, you know, that that's a person that's a temperamental thing, I believe. Well, you know, my, my other comment is is to remind you about the law of this land and that the last time I knew you were innocent until proven guilty. And I, you were not. I agree. That's why are, I keep using the word alleged. Prove, you have not have to prove your innocence. Somebody else has to prove. That's true in a court of law. Guilty. But if you're applying for a job, which is what Brett Kavanaugh is doing, uh, a job for the rest of your life where you're going to be literally ruling on the rights of women. I think that it's important that we have a thoughtful and careful analysis before you're handed that kind of power. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh will have more power than anybody in the United States Senate, anybody in the House of Representatives, and arguably more power than the president in many regards, because he can strike laws down. Anybody can make an accusation. That's true. I mean, I mean today a man gave me a hug in, in, in sympathy because I lost somebody very dear to me. Uh, and, and we prayed. Now, in today's world, I could actually say that this man assaulted me because he gave me a hug. You could, and, and it would but, be looked into. And, and, and that, would be, that would be stupid. Yes. Now, is there any proof that 35, 40 years ago that Kavanaugh did this? We are taking this woman's word when she was 15. Right. And probably drunk, too. Could be, yeah. And, I mean, and I'm, you know, I'm, inclined, I'm inclined to take her word for it. Carolyn, I'm going to move along, but, uh, you know, I, I get your point, and that's why I'm using the word alleged, but uh, this, is, this is something different. Dion, Southwest Missouri, watching us on YouTube. Hey, Dion, what's up? What do you think it would take to convince Caroline that the truth is the truth? And in what world would it make sense that even a credible allegation whether it's true or not, against a Supreme Court justice, is okay. He's right. going to be a lifetime appointment to the highest court in the land. He should be above board in every area. There shouldn't be any questions at all. But all right, he still hasn't told us who paid off his gambling debts. Yeah, it, uh, gambling debts. What are the other 90% of documents saying? Why are they hiding them? What, what would it take an average Republican voter to accept that this is not okay in, in the case of a Republican, because I know they would not think it's okay in the case of a Democrat. Yeah, yeah amen, that is, that is the question. Thank you, Dion, uh, well said. If you want the absolute best shirts around, you have to go to CT Shirts. I want you to try them because once you do, you'll never go back to some random shirt off the shelf of a department store. Plus, CT Shirts come in custom sizes, so you're not messing with ill-fitted sleeve lengths or neck sizes. It's time to step up your game and look your best. So I got you a special CT Shirts deal. Three CT Shirts for $99. CT Shirts use the softest, most exquisite fabrics ever. Worker casual, tie or no tie, tucked or untucked. When you're wearing a CT shirt, you will look your best. So here's the deal. One CT shirt normally costs 100 bucks, but right now you'll get three CT shirts for just $99. That's 60% off. And CT shirts come with free delivery, a six-month quality guarantee, and free returns. If you hurry, 99 bucks gets you three amazing CT shirts. So go to www.ctshirts.com slash Tom, T-H-O-M. That's www.ctshirts.com slash Tom. 
Michael in uh, Seattle, uh, listening on our Pacifica affiliate KBCS there. Hey, Michael, what's up? Tom, I just discovered you. Started following you. Tried to get through on Friday. Had a really good question about your take on the future of the Republican parties, but we'll talk about that another day. Brett Kavanaugh. I am got a silly question, but I hear nobody talking about whether if this charge is accurate and he does have an investigation and a criminal charge, how does that affect any of his previous rulings? And if that does have an effect, then how does that affect whether he gets confirmed or not? I think it would only affect his previous rulings if you could demonstrate that he had actually, you know, if he were to confess or there was some demonstration that he had done something. The fact that he did not consummate the crime uh, softens it somewhat. But the attempt speaks to character as opposed to criminality. Which I agree, you know. especially with your temperament viewpoint. I'm proud father of four young adults. I completely agree with you on the temperament. My kids, one was very shy, one was very, out, you know, kind of outspoken and active, and, and one was, you know, incredibly curious. And, and, I mean, they all had all those characteristics in their various forms, but there were these dominant things that you could see when they were a year old, two years old, three years old, and they're still there, and they're in their 40s, so in 30s. So, and, and I think that that's true right across the board. I, you know, my father used to make that comment about me. Um, yeah, and so. speaking of which, great temperament today on the show, dealing with everyone's viewpoint. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and I probably got that from my father, whether it was you know a lesson or my DNA. I don't know. Uh, probably a little bit of both. But Michael, you know, thank you for the call. Ex- excellent points, all. Sarah in Chicago. Hey, Sarah, your thoughts? Hi, Tom. Um, I'm calling about a comment you made earlier about the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. I think that this Kavanaugh nomination, it touches on an area that Me Too hasn't yet because everything's been professional so far, but there's so much sexual violence that happens in high school. I mean, myself, I know several um, friends who experienced sexual violence in high school and didn't report it because, you know, there's the whole, you're going to ruin his life kind of um, overtones that go above it. And I think that the idea that this nomination would get pushed through and that um, the accusations wouldn't be taken seriously, just kind of disrespects all of those women that have experienced that kind of trauma. Yeah. And um, I'll take your comments off the air. Thank you. Well, I'm. I'm to one. Bye. I, I, a quick, quick question oh, for you, okay, Sarah. Okay. Do you think mm-hmm. you know? I'm not a woman, and 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 uh, you know, these are not the kind of conversations that men typically have with women throughout the course of their lives. So I really don't know. Do you think, or, you know, based on your experience and and the knowledge that you have and friends that you have and what you've seen in your life, and you're an adult woman, I'm assuming, um, do you think that girls are more more vulnerable to sexual assault in high school than they are in college? Because we're putting all our attention on college right now. Yeah, 100%. And it seems like in high school, girls would be far less likely to report something that there's the social pressures in high school are so much greater because because young people are just emerging out of the protective cocoon of their parents, uh, you know, world and and defining who they are and what stage they're going to stand on for the rest of their lives in their adult worlds. And that seems to me like a point of maximum vulnerability. Am, am I right or am I just imagining that? I completely agree. I think that it has to do with, you know, your exploration of self and who you are and also a level of worth. You know, there are a lot of um, girls that go through, you know, ideas of, you know, um, uh, yeah, worth. And um, I, I myself have two sisters and all three of us were assaulted by boyfriends in high school. 
So I think it's an area that Me Too hasn't touched on and that there's a lot of women that have similar stories. And I think that if they come out and talk about it, that it'll add to the conversation. Yeah, I, I know several women who were assaulted in high school as well. Um, uh, it, it's, but you know, I, I, and I think she's just so brave for coming forward and um, letting her name go out there and talking for all of these women. I think that um, it's yeah. really brave. Well, it's a big deal. This guy is going to be ruling on whether women have control of their bodies. He's going to be ruling on whether women have rights in college. She's going to be ruling on, I mean, all of these things. I mean, the Supreme Court has seized so much power. They are essentially the kings of this country. Sarah, thank you for the call. Bunch of stuff all kind of happening at the same time. You've got Americans concerned, very concerned, that our creepy porn president who has unprotected sex with porn stars is now trying to appoint creepy judges to the Supreme Court. Creepy, rapey judges, maybe, we'll see. And Robert Mueller looking around and saying, you know, well, what's going on with this creepy porn president? Let's check in with Ken Starr. He has a new book out. It's called Contempt, a memoir of the Clinton investigation. It's not uh, particularly friendly toward the Clintons. He was the independent counsel investigating the Clintons from 1994 to 1999 after uh, Robert Fisk said, okay, that's it. Travelgate, Filegate, Vince Foster, nothing here. Uh, in came Ken Starr. Ken, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Tom. You said a couple of days ago on TV, we don't want investigators and prosecutors out on a fishing expedition. I'm, I'm baffled by that, and I'm baffled by your choice to follow, apparently, Brett Kavanaugh's advice to go for the most salacious details. I remember driving down the street back in the day there, listening on NPR as they were reading from your report about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky having sex with a cigar in the, in the Oval Office and thinking, what the hell does this have to do with the governance of the United States? Why did you go down that road? Yeah, because the president lied under oath, uh, Tom. He lied in the civil deposition, a sexual harassment lawsuit filed in federal court. That's why the book is named Contempt. Bill Clinton uh, is the only president in American history to have been held in contempt. Not even Richard Nixon was held in contempt. And then in terms of the detail, uh, because the President of the United States put us to the task of proving that he had committed perjury, that he had obstructed justice, that he had suborned perjury. But this was we, all because you launched this great penis hunt in 1994. Well, actually, it didn't become the great penis hunt until 1997. I mean, you know, you, 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 you tried over and over and over to take this guy down. You personally reopened the, the, the Vince Foster investigation. You know, Travelgate, Filegate, water, Whitewater. You know, yeah, if he was involved in financial improprieties, you know, with the Whitewater investigation, turns out he just lost money in a stupid investment. But if that had been something that had then been used to promote his campaign, as it looks like perhaps uh, we're seeing with uh, Trump and the Russians and all this other kind of stuff, then sure, look into that. But everything you just described, Ken Starr, had to do with a blowjob. I mean, I don't see where that Please name for me, outside of Jimmy Carter, one president in the history of the United States that there's not some documentary evidence that he had an affair while he was in the White House. Hey, Tom, let me uh, correct a uh, profound misunderstanding on your part. So if you'll give me the floor for about 30 seconds, the Monica Lewinsky investigation was authorized by Janet Reno. Why? Because of, you can characterize it any way you want, 
but we're talking about ignored, if you will, perjury and subordination of perjury in a federal civil rights case. Janet Reno said, I have a duty under the law. We're talking about law and the facts that we recounted, unfortunately, they were, of course, unfortunate, but Bill Clinton could have spared us all. You (laughs) riding in your car, if he had chosen to tell the truth and not lie under oath and go into contempt. So that's just... But why is it any of our damn business, Ken? I mean, you know, why did the Republicans... You had, you know, Newt Gingrich was was boffing Callista, I guess is her name, in the back room while he was married to his second wife while this was going on. Bob Livingston was having an affair literally in his office while this was going on. Bob Barr was having an affair literally in his office while this was going on. And these were the guys who were leading the morality charge (laughs) against, oh my God, we've got a president who assaults women. And you jumped into it with both feet, and Brett Kavanaugh says, go for the most salacious stuff, and I end up listening to, to, to crap about cigars and vaginas in my car. I don't want to hear that. I, I'm reluctant to even say it right now on the radio. I'm just astonished, you know, particularly after, you know, your involvement at Baylor, you know, uh, the, uh, the allegations that you were covering up uh, sexual crimes at Baylor, that you would even go there. <laughs> Just uh, well, you're you're a very good characterizer, but you're not dealing with the fundamental legal fact. You've not mentioned Attorney General Janet Reno. You have not men- mentioned Tom, the special division of the U.S. courthouse, who then looked at. But it wouldn't Janet have gotten Re- there if the Republicans yeah. hadn't been launching what I would, you know, I, I, I think that it's Donald it's, Trump it's, would call a witch hunt. Is, is this a conversation, or do you want to just continue ranting? Because well, normally in conversations, people people interrupt people from time to time. I'm trying to give you, you know, as much time as you need. Go for it. Well, thank you. Well, you're repeating yourself, and so I'm going to repeat myself. You're using very, very interesting language. I'm not using the language. You're upset by the language. What I'm saying to you, two things. Attorney General Reno authorized the Lewinsky investigation because you refused to use a P word that begins with perjury. You refused. No, what I'm saying, no, Ken, what I'm saying is that you're trying to start this entire narrative at that point in time when Janet, when the political pressure had come on Janet Reno as the attorney general, that she had to, she had to do something, say something, flip some switch, but that that political pressure was the result of a campaign that started in 1992, right after the election, where a bunch of billionaires decided we're, you know, the Arkansas Project and and uh, and other things that subsequently came along, decided we've got to take this guy down and we're going to do whatever it takes. And so maybe he was in this bad land deal. Oh, nothing there. Oh, maybe his wife did something wrong at the Rose Law Firm. Oh, nothing there. Oh, maybe it was wrong that he fired some travel agents. Oh, nothing there. Well, what else is there? Oh my God, this woman has a, had a, had an affair with in the White House. This is it. We're going to go. You're completely ignoring all that history. Tom, you are rewriting history. Tom, will you please listen? You're on a rant with all due respect. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> good. Well, you're, you're very good at it, but you're not very good with the facts. 14 criminal convictions. And if you have read my book and you're not talking about my book, which is your business, you have a First Amendment right. To your do book your is work, Contempt, but- a memoir of the Clinton investigation by Ken Starr. Thank you. And You're the welcome. Book, thank you. Yeah, it's very kind. The book is about 
And the story is told, and you can reject the story, of how we considered the indictment of Hillary Clinton for perjury and other offenses in connection with the Arkansas phase of the investigation. We also had reason to believe that Bill Clinton lied under oath with respect to the Arkansas phase of the investigation. So we had... Paula Jones you're talking about. No, I'm talking about the Arkansas before, phase. Okay, before Paula Jones. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking about the Whitewater phase of the investigation. But those charges were were uh, dismissed as not the right word. You know, not no, pursued. So so because, so no, 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 why resurrect them? No, no, that no, was no. when he was governor. Before that's what the appointment was of Robert Fisk and of yours truly. Look into this. Uh, and so what we did, we did it professionally. We gathered the facts. We assessed the facts. And we determined, both with Bill and with Hillary, with the president and the first lady, that we did not have sufficient evidence to bring charges. That doesn't mean we didn't find anything. We found lots. We found lots and lots and lots. But we made a professional judgment that we didn't have the evidence to prove their guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. I lay all this out in contempt. You can ignore it. You can characterize it any way you want to. That's what you're paid. I, I, I get it. So so now we've got uh, Donald Trump, who on Air Force One lied to the press and said, you know, I didn't I didn't pay any money to that porn star. Um, I didn't have an affair with her. I don't I know nothing about it. And we now know that all of that is untrue. In fact, we have it in his own words. Is he impeachable? Of course, he's impeachable. Uh, Should he be impeached uh, for that? At this No, at this stage, and one of the messages of my book, which you've been kind enough to mention, is don't go there, American people. I think one of the lessons that we learned from the Clinton years is even if a president committed crimes and lying to the American people is not a crime, we haven't made that a crime yet. Congress could make it a crime. They have made perjury and obstruction of justice a crime, and no one seriously this disagrees with the proposition that that I know of, that the president of the United States, Bill Clinton, committed crimes. Now, we the crime of perjury, I, perjury, obstruction of justice. We also included right. eleven. But but he was he was trying to. I mean, I, I don't want to justify this. I, you know, I'm as uncomfortable with that as as probably anybody. But, you know, he was trying to cover up an affair from his wife and from the country as well. Um, Lyndon Johnson had affairs. Richard Nixon had affairs. Uh, Ronald Reagan, maybe not. Who knows? I mean, he was he was kind of senile at that point. But he he certainly had, you know, had an affair with what's her name, you know, when he was married to his first wife. Um, He uh, the uh, I I mean, name. Yeah, yeah, Jane Wyman. Name a president who didn't have an affair. I don't you know, you know, I I guess we're relitigating the Clinton thing, but. I know you're you're coming back to but here here's the short answer. The morality of relationships is for the American people and even for Congress to say we're going to impeach by virtue of marital infidelity. That does not happen. What does happen is if a president commits crimes, and that's what's being investigated right now by Bob Mueller. If he committed crimes, I'll bet you we're going to find out about that information. It's going to come to light because we have in this system, as I try to describe in the book, a rule of law system. So you can dismiss things any way you want to on rhetorical, political grounds or just good government. But 
don't lie. I mean, haven't we seen in the Trump investigation a number of people who pled guilty to lying to the FBI? Yeah, I'm, I'm frankly far more concerned about Trump lying to us that he was going to give us health care insurance that was cheaper than Obamacare. I'm concerned about Trump lying to us that he was going to protect the environment. I'm concerned about Trump lying to us that he was here for, for the little guy and he was going to bring back jobs. But anyway, that, that's, that's my rant business. Ken Starr, his new book is called Contempt, a memoir of the Clinton investigation. Ken, thanks for dropping by today. Hey, thank you, Tom. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our podcasts are supported by advertising, and one of our advertisers is Harry's. By now, you probably know that I love shaving with Harry's. Nate uh, loves shaving with Harry's. In fact, everybody I know who's tried Harry's is like, whoa, this is incredible. You get an amazingly close shave with Harry's, a smooth, comfortable glide with their perfectly weighted razor. It's incredible. If you add Harry's fantastic smelling shave gel, you have the perfect recipe for the best shave you'll ever have. Harry's does all this and at a great price too. They own their own world-class blade factory in Germany where they grind steel into sharp, durable blades that are made to last and they pass the savings along to you. Don't confuse Harry's with those other pricey online brands that force you to subscribe. With Harry's, you can resupply whenever and however you want. Auto refills or one-off a la carte, your choice. And at just two bucks a cartridge, that's less than half the price of Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. For a limited time only, Harry's has a special offer for listeners of my podcast. New customers get $5 off a shave set from Harry's with the code TOM, T-H-O-M, at harrys.com. That means you get the starter set, the five blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave, gel travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. When you use the code TOM, T-H-O-M, at harrys.com. Join the millions of guys who've already switched, including me, and go to harrys.com today. Use the code TOM at checkout to claim your offer. So let's check in with Talk Media News and find out what's going on in the world today. This report brought to you by goatsfortheoldgoat.com. And Ellen Ratner's new book, Loving What You Do, Hybrid 2. On the line with us is Ellen Ratner. Hey, Ellen. It's actually very interesting. Uh, Today, Planned Parenthood just had a conference call on the Kavanaugh situation and what has come out about them. And what they're really suggesting is that it's like the Anita Hill vote. They are not talking about whether she's trustworthy or not. What they're saying is that the Thursday vote, which is supposed to be scheduled in the Senate on the Kavanaugh nomination, should not have happen until there's an independent investigation. Well, I don't know how you investigate something that happened over 30 years ago, but they're saying that it needs to happen. And again, this was put together by Planned Parenthood. Yeah. And there's a broad call right across the Democratic Party, Ellen, to postpone the hearings. Okay. Now, Mia Farrow's daughter, she's married to Mr. Allen. Mm. She spoke to the New York Post. She said that Mia Farrow abused her. She was adopted daughter. Ronan Farrow, who is, of course, a journalist, said that this was not true. So we don't know who to believe, but she did speak to the New York Post today. Yeah, that family has really had its share of troubles, shall we say. Thank God I'm not part of that family. Yeah, amen. Okay, the Senate tonight, the House is out this week, the Senate is in, and they are going to be voting on the opioid bill tonight. Now, it's very interesting that opioid deaths have actually gone down. There's less people using opioids. However, because of what they are laced with fentanyl, they are actually causing many more people to engage in them, and not many more people, but the number of people engagement per usage is going up in terms of deaths. 
and they're very, very concerned about that. So, but there is a vote tonight on that bill. My guess is that anybody who's anybody votes for it. Yeah. Where this started out was Purdue Pharma pushing OxyContin through doctors to consumers, creating a massive opiate addiction problem. And then as the AMA figured this out and they started dialing back and telling doctors, you'll get in trouble, doctors cut off the prescriptions. And so people were still addicted. They started turning to fentanyl, which is being imported from China into the United States. And, in huge and quantities. Now that comes from the U.S. Postal Service sometimes. That's right. That's right, because there's no inspection. And it's coming in from China, China, you know, and, and maybe North Korea, who knows? don't care if we're all addicted. That's right. In fact, they view it as turnabout as fair play for the opium wars of 1898. Well, you know, it was interesting. When I was in China, it's like they don't forget about World War II and what the Japanese did to them. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that was 70 years ago. I'm not saying that you forget about stuff like that, but I'm saying do you put it on the front page of your newspaper every day, which oh, they do? they have not forgotten that the British, you know, maintained the opium addiction of millions and millions of Chinese for 100 years. They fought a war to try to stop the British from selling them addictive drugs. They lost that war and thus lost Hong Kong. And now they're shipping addictive drugs into the United States. Gee, it's a turnabout exactly. is fair play, right? Anyhow. All right. The United Nations said that screenings will happen now at sea for asylum seekers to Europe. And if they uh, are not approved, then they can be held, they can be sent back, and they will not be allowed to enter Europe. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Also, the president is saying that he's going to increase China tariffs by $200 billion. That's a B dollars. And what's very interesting about that is that in terms of the tariffs, uh, what we're seeing is that China said that they'll respond to it after the president announces it. Is there a presidential executive order that makes Not it real? Not at this point. I haven't seen it. Now, okay. there may be one, but they haven't sent it and, out. And, and previous, ones took press. previous ones took effect 90 days after they were issued. Do you know if this is going to take effect you know, around Christmas, or is this right now? I have no idea, because we mm -hmm. haven't even seen it, so it depends okay. what he writes. Okay. If he writes, you know, when he writes something. Okay, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. Joe Biden spoke at Human Rights Campaign Dinner in Washington this weekend, but Hillary Clinton also wrote about Trump in the Atlantic. Joe Biden went after Trump uh, at the Human Rights Campaign Dinner, and Hillary Clinton has written about it. So nobody, the Democrats, are not keeping their mouth shut before the midterms. Yeah, good. Time Magazine has sold, again, $190 million. It just sold. So there's also Sports Illustrated and something else, but that has not sold. This was sold to one couple. Do we know their politics? We don't know their politics. They say that they're not going to have their hand in the editorial. Right. That's what uh, Rupert Murdoch said about Wall Street Journal. Didn't, right. Didn't so work we'll out see so what well. Happens on that front. Yeah. Okay. Okay, this Labor Day was very successful for websites. Over $2 billion were spent at Labor Day, on Labor Day, for uh, various kinds of, you know, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera, things that people buy on the Internet. $2 billion. That's wow. a first on Labor Day. That's amazing. So you're talking about Labor Day sales. That's right. That's amazing. Ellen Ratner with Talk Media News, brought to you by GoatsfortheOldGoat.com and loving what you do. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you. Tom Harbin here with you. Billionaire CEOs are buying new jets with their tax breaks. Seriously. Article in Forbes magazine about how prior to the GOP tax scam, 
See, you'd think, you'd think we'd get stuff like this for ourselves, right? I mean, you know, before Reagan became president, you could deduct from your federal income taxes credit card interest. In fact, you could deduct any kind of interest, car loan interest, any interest made, uh, payment that you made, you could deduct it from your taxes. Now, it's only mortgages. Unless you're a corporation, in which case you can deduct all interest, right? Isn't that sweet? Well, similarly with equipment, corporations typically have to time it. I mean, it's called depreciation. And what the tax scam did is it changed that for jets. I doubt this is a, a, a provision in the Republican tax bill that was put in by somebody who works at General Motors. I mean, talking on the line or, you know, some coal miner from West Virginia. No, this was some guy who owns a private jet and wants to buy a new one. So now they can fully depreciate their private jet in the first year. They can write off the whole thing. And guess what? They're doing it. Meanwhile, the Brett Kavanaugh nomination rolls along. First of all, as soon as this allegation came out, Chuck Grassley had a letter from 65 women who, quote, knew him in high school, although he went to an all-boys prep school. Little Mr. Preppy Brett. <laughs> saying, what a wonderful guy he is. Well, now the news companies have tracked down those 65 women, and only two of them will still go on the record saying, yeah, he was a wonderful guy. 63 of them are like, mm, I'm sorry, no comment. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, I printed this out, and Sure came out and said, you really want all these pages of names? I mean, it's just page after page after page of Yale School graduates who have written an open letter saying, that, well, for example, without a doubt, Judge Kavanaugh is a threat to the most vulnerable. He is a threat to many of us, despite the privilege bestowed by our education, simply because of who we are. And many of them are saying that because they are women. They say he is morally bankrupt. These are Yale Law School, which is, of course, where he went to school, graduates. Stay Informed tweeted something really interesting. There are five sitting senators who were sitting during the Thomas confirmation to the Supreme Court. Republican Shelby, Republican Grassley, Mitch McConnell, Republican Orrin Hatch, and Democrat Senator Pat Leahy. The only one who voted no on Clarence Thomas, who was also accused of sexual harassment. The only one who voted no was Leahy. All the Republicans voted, yeah, no problem. We're good with Clarence Thomas. It's pretty strange stuff. Tripper in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Tripper, what's up? Hey, Tom. There's an article in CNN today that puts to rest any arguments about why Ford came forward. And her lawyer is quoted as saying that she actually had a great deal of ambivalence about coming forward and that she was planning on keeping her allegations confidential. That's correct. And and that the decision was essentially taken away from her as those allegations were leaked. She didn't come out on her own and say, oh, well, we have to stop Kavanaugh. These were leaked. That's and correct. And it was only after that she was approached by members of the press that she was like, okay, well, I guess since it's out, I might as well deal with this. Yep, and, all true. Um, and the lawyers quoted as saying she's now going to have to live with the tremendous efforts of people trying to annihilate her, discredit her. He says she's telling the truth. She took a polygraph. She mentioned this in her therapy sessions in 2012. Yep. Now she's going to have to live with death threats from right-wing crazies who think that Donald Trump is the Messiah. Thank you for that, You're Tripper. Welcome. Well said. Meanwhile, you have over 200, I believe it's 260-plus women from the Yale Law School, where Brett Kavanaugh went, signing a letter saying, no, this is an emergency. This guy is bad. 
He's bad for American society. He's bad for women. He's bad for children. He's bad for the environment. You don't want him on the Supreme Court. These are his Yale Law School peers. But now another one has come out. And these are women who attended the same high school that Christine Blaisley Ford attended. She, Dr. Ford, uh, the Professor Ford, is the one who is accusing Kavanaugh of attempting to rape her back when he was 17 and she was 15 or 16. These women in their letter say, we believe Dr. Blasey Ford and we are grateful that she came forward to tell her story. It demands a thorough and independent investigation before the Senate can reasonably vote on Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to a lifetime seat on the nation's highest court. What Ford is alleging, what Professor Ford is alleging, quote, is all too consistent with stories we heard and lived while attending Holton High School. Many of us are survivors ourselves. They don't say specifically the survivors of Brett Kavanaugh, but you know the, this, this uh, pervasive rape culture has been with us and around for a long, long time. And it's just now, I think in the last few years, starting to dissolve in our, in our public schools. It seems to be alive and well in the Betsy DeVos private schools and, and religious schools, or maybe not. I don't, maybe, it's, maybe it's cleaning up too, but I, you know, I'm not seeing signs to that effect. Jennifer in Oak Creek, Colorado. Hey, Jennifer, what's up? Hey, Tom. Um, I just want to give you some history here. I went to school the same exact time as Brett Kavanaugh. I went to a private all-girls Catholic high school. The private all-boys Catholic high school was biased. I was attacked by a group of boys, and I only got away because I'm a fighter. And I've never told anybody. And I just finally told my husband last night, and you know what? It sucks. Pardon me. But this, this woman, you know, this is why we don't come forward. And back then, you would never come forward. Even if you were raped, you wouldn't come forward. You just wouldn't because people wouldn't believe you. And it would always be blamed on the girl. Oh, well, she had a drink of beer. Oh, well, it's because of what she wore. I mean, anything to put it off and the blame off of the boy. And these boys that did this to me were boys that I went to the Catholic grammar school with and grew up with. And it actually started back then. They used to have this National Goose Month where we had to wear shorts always underneath our uniform skirts because they would fling our skirts up and try to goose our butts. This was a thing in Catholic school? Yes. So, and, and I didn't start until fifth grade. I was in public schools until then. Uh-huh. And this never happened in public schools. This is crazy. We're talking about morality. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to convict him of a crime. So it, we don't need a beyond a reasonable doubt. This woman is believable 100%. And yes. I believe her. She has absolutely nothing to gain and everything to lose. She tried to share this story anonymously in June with her congresswoman on the assumption or in the hope, I'm guessing, that there might be other women who would corroborate, you know, who would have similar stories. And you could see a trend like we can see, obviously, with the predator in chief, uh, Donald Trump. And, you know, apparently no other women have come forward yet. It's been less than a week. Same thing with Harvey Weinstein. You know, he had a couple of women come forward and then boom, the dam broke. And, you know, so she was hoping that she could stay in the background. And then her name got leaked and, and, you know, boom, all hell broke loose. And pretty soon she's going to have, you know, Nazis shadowing her house. That's how bad it is. So she's got nothing to gain from this and everything to lose. And she's got to be scared for her life. Everything. Everything. She has no privacy anymore. Yep. Yep. Well said. And this is not something that you just get over. And, And it's like these other people saying, oh, just get over it. You know, no. 
Yeah. This is very, just like when you were assaulted and your wallet was stolen. That's not something you ever really get over. Well, I remember it. I'm not, I don't wake up in the but night. But assault you know. is assault. You yeah. know, I mean, this is, it's a scary thing. Yeah. And I, I can tell you this happened to my best friend who was in the year behind it, behind me and some of the same boys were doing it to her mm. and had did it to her she wasn't raped but she was assaulted i mean you know we're talking about our pants pulled down our top up bra pushed up to our necks and a whole group of boys doing this yeah. and i can tell you this that some of them are still the same yeah, yeah, that's my, my point about temperament. Jennifer, thank you for the call. Your, your points are all very, very well taken. David in Milwaukee, listening on Resistance Radio, our Pacifica affiliate in Milwaukee. Hey, David, what's up? Hi, Tom. Uh, I just wanted to uh, counteract with the allegations against uh, Judge Kavanaugh. Okay. Number one, um, you know, if this was really a rape situation, then the psychologist was... Uh, should have reported that immediately to the police. She's, she's not alleging that it was rape. She's alleging that, that he basically groped her, which, uh, mm -hmm. you know, back 20 years ago or thereabouts, I guess this was, um, wasn't, well, I wasn't, guess, I'm sorry. wasn't responded to the same way it is today. Forgive me. All right. So, so when that was in 2012, it was actually about 30 years ago. Now we're about 35 years down, down the road. Um, the, the, the thing I guess that I'm suspect with it is that she doesn't remember the house. She doesn't remember how she got there. She doesn't remember how she left there. There's a lot of inconsistencies. Plus she's already flubbed. Uh, she said there was four men. Now she's stating there was only two men. Um, no, her therapist she, wrote down that, that she said four men. She, she insists that she never said that, that her therapist wrote it down wrong. And number I, one. And number two, I, so what? I mean, if you, if, if, you know, if you were assault, for example, I was robbed in New York City back in the early 19, late 1970s, and, right. uh, you know, by cab driver. And mm -hmm. I remember the look on the guy's face. I remember, you know, his taking my wallet. I have no idea where I was in Manhattan at the time. I'm pretty sure it was a yellow cab, but I don't frankly remember getting in or out of the cab what i remember is that vivid moment right another time i was in new york city again i, I put my sports coat on a on a, uh, a chair on a bus that was the airport shuttle bus and uh, the guy behind me lifted my wallet out there i've been i've had my wallet stolen twice three times in my life and twice it was in new york city and and again i can remember you know looking at my jacket i can remember seeing the guy you know i can remember uh, seeing the guy move his hand, and I can remember noticing that the bulge in my jacket was gone, and I confronted him about it, and he just denied it. The bus stopped, and he ran all, ran away. I can remember all that, but I don't remember what the hotel was. I don't remember what you know when the date was. I don't you know. It's like we tend to remember the traumatic piece of an of a memory and the stuff around it. I mean, you know, if I said to, to you, David, uh, 25 years ago today, where were you? You'd have no idea. Well, don't you think, though, Tom, she would have mentioned it to somebody, that somebody would have corroborated she the did. story that happened? Oh, I mean, at the time? No, at the, the time therapist. she was a high school kid. High school kids are right. terribly embarrassed but, by that kind of but, stuff. But, 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 I mean, that's why we have a statute of limitations, because we have all those years. We're not talking about a prosecution, David. Nobody's suggesting Kavanaugh should go to jail. This has nothing to well, do with statute of limitations. I, I, I understand that. But I, I guess it's still destructive to his 
you know, again, here he's trying to be nominated to be Supreme Court justice. I think it's more of a smear campaign uh, to get back with what happened with uh, was America Garland more than anything. That's just except my that she's opinion. she's she's not an elected Democrat. I mean, you know. I, I, I get that position, and I'm sure that that's the official position of Fox so-called news, but I'm not buying it, uh, you know, I'm just not buying it. This is what's happening. This is, this is it right here. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Different drummer over at Democratic Underground says uh, from his Facebook page or her Facebook page, I don't know which, says, I will not work together. This is, this is. Democrats who are, and there's, there's a few of them, who are saying, you know, I'd like to work together with the Republicans. We can get something done. I will not work together to privatize Medicare. I will not work together to cut Social Security. I will not work together to end Medicaid. I will not work together to remove civil rights from anyone. I will not work together to destroy marriage equality. I will not work together to deny health care to people who need it. I will not work together to increase the profits of the insurance companies. I will not work together to deny medical coverage to people on the basis of pre-existing conditions. I will not work together to build a wall with Mexico or Canada. I will not work together to per persecute Muslims. I will not work together to shut out refugees from countries where we destabilize their governments. I will not work together to lower taxes on the 1%. I will not work together to increase his taxes on the middle class and poor. I will not work together to help Trump use the presidency to line his own pockets and those of his cronies. I will not work together to weaken and demolish environmental protection. I will not work together to help to sell American lands off, especially national parks, to companies that then despoil those lands. I will not work together to enable the killing in any way of whole species of animals just because there's predators or inconvenient for a few or because some people want to get their thrills, like Uday and Kuse Trump, from killing them. I added that part. I will not work together to waste trillions more on our military when we already have the strongest in the world. I will not work together to alienate countries that have been our allies for as long as I've been alive and longer. I will not work together to slash funding for education. I will not work together to take basic assistance from people who are at the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. I will not work together to allow torture and black op prison sites. I will not work together to, quote, take their oil. I will not work together to get rid of common sense regulations on guns. I will not work together to eliminate the minimum wage and to eliminate unions. I will not work together to destroy so-called right-to-work laws that undermine and destroy unions. I will not work together to suppress scientific research, be it on climate change or fracking. I will not work together to increase the number of nations that have nuclear weapons. I will not work together to put even more big money into politics, no more Citizens United. I will not work together to violate the Geneva Convention. I will not work together to give the Ku Klux Klan, the Nazi Party, and white supremacists a seat at the table while normalizing their hatred. Those very good people. I will not work together to increase voter suppression. I will not work together to eliminate or reduce ethical oversight at, the, at any level of government. And I will not work together with 45 because I will not allow one man to feed on the fears of the populace, blaming minorities for the condition or their inability to thrive. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. An amazing time in the history of the country. Don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires you. Get out there, get active, tag. You're it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.